Hey everybody, it's Mario here, host, or one half of the host of the Peaky Pod, alongside... The other half of your host, Zachary. Welcome. Hey, well, thanks for listening to this episode. This is the first time we actually do a pre-roll ad, and you'll probably hear it one more time at the end. But we'd just like to announce an upcoming show that we are planning called the Story Archive Show. We plan on that being our kind of hub for doing one-off uh, reviews of movies and maybe specific episodes of TV shows that are on our gauntlet or thanos gauntlet of Mm -hmm. the greatest tv shows ever and uh we want to invite you to subscribe we're going to put the links in there but if you don't want to go to the show notes just type in spotify or apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts the story archive show and we should pop up so please subscribe follow us and uh let us know how you're liking the peaky pod we hope you enjoy this episode and take care thank you Welcome back to another episode of the Peaky Pod by Story Archives. I'm your host, Mario, alongside... Zachary, welcome. We're good. Okay. All right, ladies and gents, we're back here. This is episode five, right? Episode five, season three. Season three. Okay, so episode five, season three. We're just off of uh, an episode where Tommy got his head bashed in, so... Yeah, I mean, I still, like, the, the thought of that sound still just... Keeps it, you up at night? Like, yeah, sends chills down your spine or something. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. uh, he's in the thick of it. And by the way, I want to say, like, there's a little Easter egg here. Mm-hmm. We get a David Bowie song to start this episode. Oh, yeah? And um, David Bowie passed away. What year did David Bowie pass away? Uh, that's a great question was it 2018 when did david bowie it was 2016 2016 2016 well he passed away and i believe david bowie was a big peaky blinders fan to the point where he just offered all of his songs to to them because they sent him actually a, a peaky blinder hat which is funny funny enough i have a if we had a feed i would show you a picture of of david bowie with a little peaky cap on so uh we do get his song in this little intro montage where uh, tommy's on morphine and pretty much has a wicked scar on his on his skull which Mm -hmm. i mean considering how he was able to keep business together going Mm -hmm. after he got his skull bashed in and that scar we see on the side of his head, it's pretty remarkable. The camera I mean, does you, try to hide it, though, quite a if bit. If you've got the willpower, bro, I mean, crack your head open. You can do whatever you want. This entire episode was intense from a perspective, from every perspective that you can imagine. It takes you into just about... Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just tell me, man. I was, I was going to, but you, you you were on a roll with something there. I now I'm not on a roll because I saw the message on the bottom. <laughs> Mario wasn't sharing his screen. Yeah, yeah. You can call me out. It's all good. I'll, I'll call you out. Uh, I find Tommy less intimidating when he's standing in his draws like that. It like kind of really takes away the effort. I want to like yeah. rewind a bit because your message distracted me. I'm gonna call you out. 
Yeah, okay. All right. Just kidding. Uh-huh. Shots, shots fired. No. <laughs> but, um, I think anybody in their underwear is a little less intimidating. He's kind of... <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's like an opposite. Like if you're in a dark alley and there's like a huge burly man... In a dress. <laughs> no, no. In underwears across. Uh, that's kind of intimidating. I'm not going down the alley after I see that. You know what I mean? Uh, now, he is having like in the middle of like this kind of morphine dream where you have Ada as the concerned sister. I think part part of those things like actually happen or most of them happen that we see. It's just the visuals are all distorted because we're being put into Tommy's mind, right? That's the way that I was perceiving it as well. Like, I mean, she was there. She was really, you know, saying like, oh, this is who he is, you know, to, to get them to help him and whatnot. But, man, don't crack your head up and things look weird. Oh, I don't think he had – well, I guess he did have a choice because he was trying to kill Father Hughes. But yeah. as we find out, Father Hughes has death coming to him and more uh, and well-deserved because in the hospital – at first, like, when Michael comes in and doesn't ask him how he's doing, I'm like – if you know you don't even ask him what he's doing but when he goes to deliver the news that he's there for it's completely understandable yeah. considering i think we're on, i think everyone's on the same page of what he alludes to and it seems to be that he was sexually abused by father hughes father when he was hughes. A, when he was a child right absolutely and i mean this kind of explains a lot of his actions in the past episode we were like oh it's like getting so dark and all of this this explains a lot of the why behind why he's with Arthur and John Boy trying to figure out how to shoot a gun and you know I never that. I never tied those two together that they were connected but I think you're right I think you're onto something in terms of maybe that was his way of like not really saying the truth mm-hmm. or being upfront about certain things which who would want who would want to you know be super open about something like that yeah and at the same time trying to find his way around violence because he's almost hoping or he is hoping for the opportunity to exact his revenge on this mm-hmm. disgusting uh, character of Hughes. Now, Tommy already knew this for the most part about Hughes. I don't know if he knew it about Michael, but it seems, so. it seems to me that he knew it about him in regards to other things. For sure. I mean, he's always acting like a, a bit of a pervert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like really throwing it around at people's faces too, at least in Tommy's face, because he yeah, makes a lot. I mean, he always makes a lot of like, like little kids and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Now at the end of this whole morphine dream, Tommy tosses out the morphine down the sink. Which, I mean, <laughs> as we find out later, it's kind of understandable when you have like visions of Mary reading you Leviticus butt naked. Mary's yeah. his, <laughs> Mary's his. Uh, I guess his head, his head maid. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I always love the fact that he, despite Tommy having a full English breakfast in front of him, nice looking breakfast. You got eats. eggs, tomatoes, sausages. That. You know, every morning, imagine you wake up to that. Uh, the table's a bit unnecessarily large, but also nice. Yeah. And he just refuses to ever eat on this show. He, he prefers the taste of tobacco in the morning, I guess. Apparently. You know, that whole morphine uh, scene of him pouring it out, I feel like is the least peaky blinders looking shot i've ever seen in this show really it's just so bright so like colorful i mean i like i don't know what i can even relate it to it's just like having a bright light shining your eyes everything looks too clean and polished interesting yeah you know uh i always kind of just chucked it up to 
it being like an extension of the trippiness of his yeah like like coming out of a yeah uh, out of a trip or something yeah. out of light a super bright yeah back then like in the 1920s mm-hmm. were cigarettes the same type of cigarettes we have today because i don't see filter there's obviously no filters i know they, that there were no filters but, but is it nicotine is it is it the same you know what i mean is it the same ingredients yeah. in the cigarettes as as we have today i mean i feel like it would be pretty similar i can't imagine it would change all that much right like i was just you know wondering you know if it was different in some way hmm. um in the following scene after tommy's i mean there's kind of like a juxtaposition kind of happening where you have tommy hmm. resting in the house and there's other business as usual going on uh john boy and some of the other peaky blinders are in the factory and it seems to me kind of like sabotaging the vehicles that are that are needed right the russian vehicles yeah uh because the russians want to sabotage or is it the russians or section d wants to sabotage the whole thing yeah i believe it's i believe it's the uh russians that are i mean it's, it's this kid that's with them that is basically trying to supposedly help prevent the train needing to be blown up yeah the economic league they're on orders to stop the shipment from going through yeah essentially it seems to me like they don't want to work in favor of the royalists at all the royalists are getting the shaft in every aspect in this episode from the delivery being sabotaged to being being undercut by alfie solomon's what happened getting the shaft is a lot of euphemism here there's a lot of people getting the shaft in this episode <laughs> no, in, in lots of really ways. Is. In lots of ways. <laughs> uh, especially at the Russian party or orgy. Better. <laughs> yeah. Might be a better word. Yeah. Um, I saw in your notes that you had a bit of... Uh, you got some Tommy... Oh, you got man. some love for Tommy's digs here. You want, you want the setup that he's got going on. This house is ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Dogs love it. It's 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 heaven, man. Johnny Dogs is the character that is. I wish he was in the show a bit more. Yeah, because he's just so uninvolved, but involved at the same time. Where he doesn't see the dark side of most of the things. He's always kind of just oblivious to the burdens that come with, you know, Tommy's. Um, I guess road to. I don't even know what Tommy's road would be called. It's just his ambition. It's just his ambition. It's his ambition just <laughs> paving a road before him at this point. Uh, I found it hilarious because Alfie comes to to visit him and calls him. Just says, "Hey, the wandering Jew is here." <laughs> he told he, he literally introduced himself to the maid in that manner, uh, probably for two reasons: trying to maybe conceal who he is, uh, but at the at the same time, he makes a great. Um, comment as to how tommy took ownership of this manner of his mm-hmm. which i always wondered like tommy's got money but does he have m- money 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 i don't know you know because that's an that's like a lord's estate uh-huh. so is this a tony soprano type thing where you got somebody in debt and then you continue to get them into further debt until you take you pretty much liquidate their assets and yeah and take over them yeah i i was wondering for a moment i'm like could this be Billy Kimber's home, but I don't think it is. No, I don't even think Billy Kimber had that kind of money. The thing I is, mean, is, he had a pretty big house, man. He had a nice house as well, but Tommy has that import-export license from the Crown, which is truly that's the, true. That's the really the Crown jewel. 
yeah. of his business. Without that, his business is not, it's completely illegal, his business, yeah. without that. And just look at the illegal money that they have in that safe. Wow. Is that all illegal money? I imagine. Or you're you're assuming that's, that's, yeah. I always love the fact that, because he mentions the Johnny Dog's The Plan, you know, it's like, hey, look, I know you consider my house to be the edge of heaven here, but mm -hmm. I need you to go back to the real world because he bought a plot of land adjacent to the Russian's mansion yeah. that he wants Johnny and his gypsy camp to go and camp out over so that they can dig holes underneath. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming those are the tunnels that they're going to use to get into the palace. Now, I always love the fact that back then you could just buy land for... I oh like, my God, I know. But the, the thing is, is that we're thinking about it in terms of what $5,000 is today. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's still going to be a lot more than that, but it was still cheaper regardless. Like, yeah. I know people that have bought acres for... God, I don't even know. Like, a few dollars an acre. You want to walk us through what's going on with Michael and the boys here? I know he's told Tommy, but in terms of their conversation in the kitchen... Yeah, so, I mean, right now, they're all talking about, you know, Michael getting or ha having his lover, I guess, get an abortion. It's the, the it's the girl from the par from the wedding yeah. party. The, yeah, the, the girl from the yeah. wedding party that he's, he's basically been hooking up with that we've seen a couple of times mm -hmm. in, the, uh, in the past episodes, but she got knocked up. That's why he's been super stressed out. And I think, you know, Arthur has had a few of them himself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they, they're probing about that trying to get him to you know go call this person so i mean right now he's just kind of battling with telling him to piss off and actually doing it it's interesting that he would in the first place considering all these guys are pretty much well off enough to care for or to cover the expenses needed yeah they have take the care money. of job. they have the money but do you want the I mean, for for these people, I guess the headache that comes with it, right? Like, I don't think they like, care. Okay. They go, they go off to a Russian party, and they, and they. I mean, like, have you seen John Boy's kids once? In the it's been three seasons. I haven't yeah, seen John I Boy's wish, kids. <laughs> I wish I'd once. seen him. Uh, I wish I had seen him. You know, it's it's an interesting little. There's a lot of stuff happening. I wonder if it's like deleted scenes that they actually filmed with Michael, and. Because a lot of the things that occur with Michael are things that he just says randomly in a conversation. Like out of nowhere, mm -hmm. this girl's pregnant and he's considering an abortion. And then out of nowhere, mm -hmm. we find out that he was molested by Father Hughes. It's like, were there no other film, other scenes that were filmed to kind of give us like a moment where Michael saw Father Hughes for the first time and, you know, you know he has his own PTSD moment as well. Is there not mm -hmm. a moment where Charlotte calls Michael like, those were subtle things that I think should have been in the show just to give yeah. us a little bit more rather than just let, let me just drop this huge storyline on you. They're pretty massive storylines in terms of Michael. Maybe it wouldn't mm -hmm. be for Arthur and John Boy, but you would think with Arthur, it'd be a little bit more conflicted considering he's uh, a moral man now or for the, things, for the things he wants to be moral about. Yeah, that's for sure. I love I like... Uh, I was just going to say, I love when uh, Tommy calls everybody into the room. Arthur walks in and, and sees uh, Alfie there and just immediately like turns around. Nope. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's oh, tricky for Arthur because he knows, he probably feels a little betrayed by Tommy in some sense here where he's 
doing business with Alfie again, despite Alfie having set his brother up for murder. Like, let's not mm-hmm. forget, Arthur was going to be, I think, executed. Yeah, he was going to be executed. I mean, that, he, he only found out on the day that he was going to be executed that he was being let go. That's a bit intense. That's like, a, that kind of goes to my part of like, show us a bit more of that anguish, you know, mm-hmm. rather than yeah. just the, the saving by Tommy. But maybe it doesn't play well into Tommy's, into showing Tommy's character the, the, the way they want him portrayed, you know? Yeah. And I also feel like if, if Arthur was going to try and carry that out more, like that would really become like the main plot of this episode almost or, or one of them right like oh okay well arthur's not having it so now tommy said i go console arthur now listen i got this i have a plan mm-hmm. here's my plan that i never tell you the russian party oh boy the russian party is one of a kind in peaky blinders it's uh it's hilarious and it's not hilarious hilarious is not the word because they're russian they have like this uh stigma or mystery to them right Mm -hmm. because you have like from the get-go you have tatiana saying that the jewel is cursed and they're a strange family of people here these russian royals (laughs) right and to get a look into the party scene where they're essentially being tested as to who can be trusted and who cannot be for mm-hmm. certain things. But it's so odd because they arrive at the almost in the middle of the daytime yeah, for this party, which makes it feel more depraved that you're yeah. partying in the middle of the daytime. Starting there. Right? In yeah. some sense. And then not to mention that there's just an orgy in every every room going on there. We'll spare yeah. the audience the details of having seen it themselves. Did, you know, did you ever, did you find it weird how Arthur didn't want to be stripped down? And then again, Tommy completely led them into this party without any, for the most part, yeah, not a single heads up. But how could he have known as well, you know? And how mm-hmm. come Tommy's not getting stripped down? Because Tommy's already been searched. Remember when Tatiana had him naked in bed? What are they searching like, for? Uh, no, I have already been searched. So they're they're basically looking for any tattoos because you know in Russia, if you were you know against the government, you would have tattoos, basically like gang related tattoos and stuff. And so mm-hmm. they're looking for, looking. I'm using air quotes because this is also half a joke, but they're Russian, so I guess they're getting away with See, it. It seems to me like they're just taking them for a whirl here, which yeah, Ta- Tatiana's getting real up close and personal with Arthur. Extremely up close and personal. Yeah, she likes. She really likes to torment people. And John Boy's like, I think John Boy's half. Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, John, John Boy's like that loose cannon. He he finds anything amusing, right? So, so this is just funny to him. Arthur's not having it because I think he kind of knows where this might be going potentially. I don't know. Um, that or he's just trying to be be a good human being. He doesn't want to let the devil out of Tatiana. Kind of tempts them with it i said like the boys have no choice because of tommy here in some sense mm-hmm. i did think it was a bit extra though and you i think you agree with arthur just ripping off all his buttons on the- oh my gosh i know I, I i i'm just trying to picture like when why would i ever rip all the buttons well, off my shirt just take it off just unbutton the shirt i'm talking crap because like you would be cool with going to a party and somebody tells you to take off all your clothes no 
you but, know what I mean? But I mean, why why ruin the things that you don't want to take off anyways? You I agree with that. Put it back sentiment. on. But they they have <laughs> they have no choice in terms of the yeah. business the business that they're trying to do mm-hmm. with these people. At the end of the day, they they need that treasury open so that Tommy can get his eyes on the prize. Yeah, the Tommy also knew it was it was half a joke. I mean, he does mention it, but he's he's also got a smirk as the entire thing is transpiring. Oh, well, I've already been searched, but I did not know it was the meeting of whatever at the time. Yeah. The Peaky Blinders have kind of gone under a transition to the Shelby Company Limited. And we see the growth of that as Polly and Ada go over these papers that Ada's signing to join the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think her goal is out of love for her family. Also personal, um, personal goals of her politically. Yeah. To, I mean, she's never going to want for her son. So I think that that's nonsense. But I think she does want to legitimize the company in some sense. And she talks to Polly about taking over more control, mm-hmm. which I think is just trying to get things towards her ideals and politics. And Yeah, they want to run things their way or at least, you know, move the company in that direction, it appears. Yeah. Michael's. Meanwhile, yeah, can you go through the whole Michael abortion yeah, thing? I was just going to uh-huh. say, Michael's still, you know, like frantically just you know, debating in his mind, do I do it, do I not do it, do it, do it? Well, do I not sh- do it? it's a hell of a thing to have in your mind where oh, you, you got to focus on work. Yeah, with, with your, with your what is it, his cousin and, and mother, I guess, at this point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he ends up uh, stepping away and making the phone call uh, while Ada and Polly continue to go through the documents so Polly can get her to to sign it he comes back co-signs it as well and then this was like i got such a strong tommy vibe from michael yeah i was gonna ask i was just like what was that about dang i'm i mean obviously he's frustrated with the situation but he's very short very blunt to the point just where's the whiskey where am i sleeping checking his stopwatch every two seconds yeah exactly exactly Polly in the portrait artist here dude i still don't really understand what the deal is with this portrait guy but Polly seems to have taken a liking to him so <laughs> what's, his, what's his name at all in all of this i don't remember i don't think i don't even know if we've really if we've really been told like i feel like his name's been out there but i can't i don't at all. i don't remember his name at all Every time I write them down, I'm just always like the artist or the, the po- portrait man called, or yeah, something. The, the portrait artist. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. So I mean, what? Ada Ada talked Polly into going to uh, see him because she thinks she's waited. Polly thinks that she has waited too long, and now he's not interested anymore. You know, this whole Russian party. Do these Russians not have any bedrooms? Well, that what? There's no fun in that. You can move around and trade uh, places, <laughs> I guess. I like, uh, well, I don't like, I did think it was <laughs> comically interesting, the uh, the the insider man that, that the Peaky Blinders have here that's, that's been kind of reporting right. to them. He's oh. like, uh, what what did he say? He was, he's basically like, the prince wants me to suck his cock. <laughs> uh, John pays him more money to go do it. You just let a man down, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
I think uh, I think that's your last day riding with the blinders at this point. Yeah, I think that's when you. <laughs> I think that's when you put in your immediate resignation. Yep. Yeesh. Nope. <laughs> Yeesh. Poor kid, man. Poor kid. That's the kid that they're going to give the bar to from the Italians' exactly. property that they seized. That's right. What's the What's up with Alfie being seized? I mean, not seized, but he's all tied up, right? His, his hands are yeah, tied. Yeah, he, he was all tied up. I just don't think that they wanted him roaming around or whatever they wanted to keep him there until tommy came and confirmed his identity i mean you are in a room with everything of value of of theirs right i I gotta say it's kind of stupid on these people's parts here but then again they're trying to hide they they, they're in in between a rock and a hard place as well because they don't want to show the government that they own all of this material wealth no right because they're they're essentially being provided for by the british government yeah asylum whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. and so now they need to fund their deals to get the military equipment out of there through these shady characters of alfie solomons and tommy shelby i i do love the fact that and I, i have to mention this yeah the creator of peaky blinders He's constantly trying to weave in, I guess, just interesting historical figures. And if you're going to bring in the Russians, Peaky's the type of show that it's not just any Russian family, it's the Romanovs. Mm-hmm. Or somebody distinctly correlated with them. Yeah. You know, Matthew Weiner, the creator of Mad Men, made a show on Amazon called The Romanovs? No, I did not. Yeah, I would recommend it. It's, it's pretty good. Huh. It's pretty good. Christina Hendricks' episode is fantastic. She's in it. Uh, she plays Joan in Mad Men. Oh, yeah, that's right. How old of a show is that? Not very old. Maybe it wow. came out less than five years ago. It came out. It's just a one-season thing. Roger, <laughs> St- Roger Sterling's in there. I don't know who the actor. Are you in kidding real life. me? I yeah. don't know his name. It's each, ep- each episode's different, and, and it's following one person who is supposedly related to the Romanovs. Mm-hmm. And the Romanovs are, I think the, I think the, the whole like myth is that they kind of have some sort of curse over them in some ways too. Mm. Interesting. I wonder if that plays into the jewels. Now, do you think Alfie's given a fair valuation on these jewels? Absolutely here? not. So, you know, there's a moment in here where the Russians say something in, in Russian and Alfie responds to him in Russian. Um, and he just, I mean, he's basically giving him shit the whole time. What's you know, Alfie's story? What, what's things. his what's his story and what's his discrimination or, or beef with the Russians? So the Russians had essentially, I mean, he says that they had chased his mother, right? Did she uh, die? They chased my mother. I don't recall if she died. Um, but she, he did mention that, that they chased his mother and, and other Jews with dogs. Um, chased them down. So I'm, I'm assuming, you this know, is, many of them were killed, but I don't know if, if his mother died. Like he didn't allude to that directly. I don't think. So then where is Alfie originally from? Is he Russian? I don't know. I, you know, I don't know the topography back then. I don't know how it kind of changed. I think you'd, you'd be a better, uh, judge of that than I would. I mean, uh, maybe they migrated in there. Like you may, you may not have been migrated to there or something. It's implied that his mother was a Russian refugee. Hmm. Okay. Okay. This is what I found on the Peaky Blinders fandom wiki. Alfie Solomons is a junior, is a Jewish gang leader who 
oh don't do this to me who resided in Camden Town, London. It is implied that Alfie's mother was a Russian refugee where his mother was from and he went to school in London with Darby Sabini. How about a prequel show? You know, it would be pretty cool. They're really good at making these these guys look pretty young, so a prequel with Tom Hardy and Darby Sabini? I always liked Sabini. Me too. He's he's an interesting dude. <laughs> He's interesting. I like he's not a more, nice guy, but he's I liked him more, and he's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah, he, he did not die off in this at all. He just disappeared. I think that it would be interesting. It's he's. I always enjoyed his character more than Billy Kimber. Mm-hmm. All right. Your favorite scene of the episode, the portrait artist having sex with Polly. Yeah, uh, basically. Polly's having not this moment where, <laughs> where she's having almost like a, a trauma traumatic PTSD. experience ptsd ptsd d yeah where she's remembering when campbell raped her mm-hmm. and uh the portrait artist tries to get a little handsy around the throat area and uh seems that that kind of triggered something for Polly there but they do continue onward i still yeah. don't know this portrait artist name can you look it up yeah let's find out who it is even all right everyone Jeez, what is going on in this party? Yeah. Even Arthur, in a sense, the girl who buttoned up his shirt that he... Maybe that's why he ripped off the buttons off his shirt. He had his eyes on the seamstress. I don't know. No one leaves this party. He... No, look. Arthur is, like, so not into this. He's disgusted with himself. He has to take his wedding ring off. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be doing it. I think he just did it out of frustration. Have you ever seen the meme account on Instagram and TikTok called Be A Man? <laughs> no. It's like this Bostonian guy and he says like the most cliche things about being a man. Uh-huh. And he has one that's pretty funny. He goes, cheat in the morning. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, you're a good guy. <laughs> be, be a man. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, this is the episode we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast where we hit record. This whole season has been about these characters and this gang evolving into a a different type of organization. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not used to having this much wealth. They're not used to having to deal with these types of enemies. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, they have dealt with enemies before that have been difficult, but there was always somewhat of a code right? Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with these Russians, the Royalists, the Economic League, these types of enemies, even the IRA, there's no, there's no code. It's like The Wire. You ever seen the show The Wire? It's on HBO. I've seen a few episodes of it. I haven't watched it all. There's a moment where something happens and it's on a Sunday because the code is that you don't, you don't do a killing on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. and somebody does it and it's on like the day where everyone's going to church which is funny enough yeah. like everybody's peddling pushing drugs every day and killing people and sunday no just don't do it sunday that's the day god cares about like i mean listen it doesn't matter who you are you gotta have some boundaries right yeah right <laughs> <laughs> um the artist guy's name is reuben oliver you know you know when you know somebody's name and then you say it and then you're like oh i knew that 
You just said his name, and that wasn't even it, it wasn't even in my brain anywhere. No, not at all. Yeah. I don't even know how we know what his first and last name are because I really don't recall. Yeah. I really don't. Well, capping the Russian party as John Boy had a, a good time. Arthur had a conflicted time as he had sex with the seamstress who sewed his shirt, and Tommy had a uh, sort of nostalgic sexy time with uh, Tatiana. Where he remembered Grace. He, they played that game. Every time with that girl, it's either Russian roulette or she's choking you to the point where you have no oxygen going to your brain. Mm-hmm. It's it's always something with her. She's crazy. She is crazy. Um, but Tommy seems to like it. She's she's his kind of crazy. Well, the, he had the, the whole, best setup of the whole party. Oh well, of course. I mean, and <laughs> he didn't have to. He didn't have to be in the room with all of the plebs. He he just went to his own room with the Duchess. Yeah, he, he walked off. You know, the, the first thing I was going to mention during that whole ordeal is I don't know how the hell anybody, even Arthur, can drink that much vodka or anything. And I could still sick. be standing, first of all. That's a show. That's why. Right. If that's, this is real, sure. if this was real like life, water. they'd be puking. He's, now, he's, he downs one bottle and he's like, another. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem with these shows is uh, gives unrealistic expectations. Yes, and you have some trial. So it's to possible. Drink a whole bottle of vodka. Although it is said, I mean, that is doable. But maybe two. Mm. Like you I know, mean, Jim. You've, you've they say be Jim, a strong alcoholic. They, they say Jim Morrison used to drink a bottle of whiskey a day. I mean, I've known people who have done that and more. But I mean, yeah. to be a normal-ish human being, that's uh, that's a lot. There like, are, like, do you what know I mean there by normal are, are, is bodily functions as well, though, there are not some, just mentally. There are some people, these are extreme individuals, mm-hmm. who advocate for the use of all drugs. And they, there's a Joe, I heard Joe Rogan talking about this once. He said, there's this professor who takes heroin, mm-hmm. who does heroin. It's like, he doesn't drink, he doesn't do this other stuff, but he shoots up with heroin. Yeah. And he's a functioning professor and all that kind of stuff, and he tries to, and his life is together now i don't know this person personally so i can't only he knows how put to life how put together his life is but yeah um yeah i want to go back to the russian party my favorite scene in the episode is when they're leaving the party the three Mm -hmm. guys the three guys despite them all having done despicable things that night all go and just take a piss (laughs) (laughs) out by the car it's like the most relatable thing yeah where you're just talking crap and recap in the night. Uh-huh. Everybody's uh, got their own independent stories. Yeah, everyone has their own independent stories of where they ventured off to and who who and what and whatever. But I just always love that scene because they come out. It's almost like when they come out of the wedding mm-hmm. and it's slow motion and they're heading to the cars. It's that kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Polly's been on to Michael now. She's She knows her son. She's a gypsy. So I think she has like an inkling to like the other side in some sense. I think so. She knows something's up with him. The only thing is that there's two things up with Michael. She now That's knows true. she finds the bullet with the father Hughes, but she doesn't really find out about the girl and the abortion. That's right. Yeah, Which, I forgot there was two things going on at once. I don't know why that slipped my mind. And let me tell you something. Season one, she advises Ada to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. Right? And Ada doesn't do it. I don't think Polly would have advised him to get the abortion. I have a feeling that Polly, of all things, would love to be a grandmother. Yeah, but you know the other thing, and I, this is just me 
making assumptions. So like, don't take this for what I am actually thinking. No, this is what this show is for. It's what this show is for. We're not right about anything. I think, yeah, right. (laughs) Just our opinions. I think it was more like the vibe I got was more of a like, it'll ruin you and the reputation of the family at the time because it's for Ada. Ada. But that was Ada. But but she's a Shelby. and, And I mean, think about the time period. She's a female. Well, it's Michael because could just I think fight. it was because she was a female, exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And at that time, if you were a female with a child and no husband, mm-hmm. you would be a social pariah. Now, at that point, she didn't know that Tommy was going to build this family to a point where it didn't matter if you were a social pariah. The rules did not really apply to you in society for the most mm-hmm. part. Uh, but for Michael, I think, I think the advice would have been different. I think it would have been... This is her son that she hasn't seen her whole life. Any more aspect of her own son and another child, she's in a love. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the girl that he got pregnant is not a bad girl. She's in a life that her parents picked for her that she didn't want. Mm-hmm. And she fell for Michael. And it just was a mistake. Yeah. Or something that occurred. I don't know. I was pro team, team baby. I mean, I'm not against it. I think it would have been good for Michael. Maybe he'd grow up a little bit. I think he's grown up. He's had a rough life. It's just I thought it would have been an interesting wrinkle in his character if he would have like just ended up with this girl out of nowhere. Maybe maybe grow up was was not the way to put it. It should have been mature more. Like you know, you, people grow up, but sometimes they grow up too fast, and because of that, they don't make the best decisions. He would have figured out what he wanted more more yeah. quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, had a better set of priorities or something. Now, Paul uh, Paulie has a conversation with Tommy about what's up with Michael because she finds the bullet with Hugh's name on it, which was Tommy's yeah. before, but I think he gave it to he Michael. Did. Yeah, he gave it to Michael. Which was also that. off screen. They had to have filmed that scene. I can't we imagine should, we that that scene. Deleted scenes. I mean, I'm I curious don't, now. Uh, maybe they never released it though. I just can't imagine that that scene wouldn't have been written. Yeah. By the way, uh, let's talk about that scene first, but I actually have a, p- a paused frame on episode six right now that I'll talk about after. Um, <laughs> Tommy's trying to spare Polly of the information about Hughes and what he did to Michael when he was a boy. Mm-hmm. But she kind of gets him at, gets it out of him anyways in some ways because he doesn't come out and say it, but in every other sense of the way to imply it, he did. What you would you think about the whole interaction? I don't see Polly stopping Michael uh, from carrying out this assassination. I definitely don't see Polly stopping Michael at all. She may this, do it. Or she may do it herself. I <laughs> maybe. I. Uh, I mean, she kept pushing and pushing and pushing. I mean, like you said, Tommy kind of gave her answers without giving her any answers. Like it's better you not know, but it was more of not know the details. Like. I think she already had the assumption in mind once the conversation started. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm rooting for Michael to go go shoot him. Well, that, that's the cliffhanger we're left with. We're left with the jewels have now been valued. They, I think they've shaken hands on the valuation of them. Mm-hmm. We've got the tunnels being prepared, and we've met the clay kickers. Yeah, which, yeah, was one thing that just happened a moment ago. Yeah. The whole military family came in. Yeah, they're going to be responsible for helping tunnel the underground entrance towards to the Russian mansion so that they can steal the jewels. We have the convoy being sabotaged and the shipment mm-hmm. being sabotaged in some sense. We have Michael who's now plotting a way to kill Father Hughes. And we have Tommy just kind of 
puppet mastering everything from behind the scenes and making sure everything comes to fruition. I yeah. I have a freeze frame on episode six because after this and you know everything <laughs> has to resolve in episode six. Uh, Cillian Murphy is playing Robert J. Robert Oppenheimer, Robert J. Oppenheimer. You know, in the, in the new in a movie, film. Yeah. And this shot with him with this hat on looks Dang. just like that character. I wonder if they did some sort of they sent somebody saw a picture of this and they were like, "We need to get Cillian Murphy in here." <laughs> but it, it was a Christopher. It is a Christopher Nolan movie, so yeah, um, that's true. It'll be interesting to see. He also looks a little out of place with that hat on. Like if he it was does, a little, a little right? bigger, a little taller, it does a little more like broad shouldered. He he, I feel you know. He don't Don Draper man. That's a Don Draper hat. That is a Don Draper hat. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It doesn't look right on him. No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, they made a cap that's meant for the working class, and they made it into a. A, a, you know a fashion staple right of course of course all right that ends episode five. five i think i called it episode four earlier but i may be wrong i called it five at the beginning so we're good we're good okay so that ends episode five zach you're the one who is always in charge of the category so i am so the first one i've got is best scene what you got oh i already kind of admitted it excitedly it's when they're leaving the russian party and they're all taking a piss and just recounting the night. That's my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah. Hands down. It was a good one. It was a good one. But for me, my favorite scene in this one was the strip search because this is one of the few times that Peaky Blinders has just made me just start laughing. Laugh? It was yeah. really funny. I don't know. Like, just the way that they were both reacting and the fact that John Bowie was just so excited about it. It was so, <laughs> it's just, it was so out of the blue. I know. It's... it's uh. I always love the fact that John Boy, Tommy, and Arthur are all in different portions. Like, they're all in different phases of life. Mm-hmm. Arthur is like a conflicted married man. John Boy just loves the lifestyle. It seems that nothing is beyond John Boy. I mean, he literally <laughs> paid one of their workers. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I know. He, he, he He's the one that would kill somebody on a Sunday. Absolutely. John Boy. <laughs> I mean, he's the one who caused the whole beef with the Changretas for no yep. reason. Uh, yeah. Yeah. John Boy, one of a kind. All right. So my next one is best line of the episode, and I'll go first with this one. I've got two, one of them from the same scene. Uh, It is made in fucking Birmingham. It's great. Uh, That's That was just Arthur. No, it was Arthur talking about himself. Oh, Um, that's right. That's right. Yeah. My other other favorite one was... Uh, during the the dialogue between Alfie and Arthur, and it was just him going on, oh, I'm Old Testament. I'm and Old Testament. Now you have somebody that will kill for you with God on their side. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. I also love when uh, Johnny Dog says, "Tom, this is heaven, Tom." Yeah, and he says, "You see, you see that? You see that line over there, Johnny Dogs? That is the edge of heaven." Uh, <laughs> I also love the, it's not a line, but it's a moment when he says, Mary, do you read the Bible? <laughs> yeah. Re- do you ever read it standing naked by my bedside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one kind of sticks with you. It's yeah, funny. Yeah. Oh, man. I also like the Ada's plea in the beginning of the episode when she's talking to the doctors and she says, he served in, he served in France. He won medals. Take good care of him. It's like yeah. such a good little moment sister, there yeah. it's a little snippet mm-hmm. there and the whole scene is kind of happening in this tunnel too which is funny yeah well, not funny it it's weird. interesting 
yeah ironic i guess or something along those lines um most memorable character or characters of the episode I think you hit it on the head earlier when you said you can take the lead here on on what you said because I kind of agree with you. So, in my opinion, the most memorable characters in this episode was really the entire family. Like I think every main character in the family got a shining moment in this episode. You got Polly, Ada, Michael, John Boy, Arthur, Tommy. I might be missing somebody, but I don't think I am. They all had had a really good moment in this episode. It was very interesting. I'm talking like the, the close family here. Yeah. And I can't think of another episode, maybe besides Grace's, the Grace and Tommy wedding, mm-hmm. that every family member gets a moment where they get to shine. Yeah. This is this season does a good, good job with that. All right. Um, that takes us into the finale of season three. And that will be in the next couple of days where we crank that one out. So mm-hmm. we'll be done with season three this week and on to season four for our final recap. And after that, in the U.S. on June 10th, we get the release of season six. So everyone else will catch up on the final season of Peaky. Mm-hmm. And we already have our whole commentary out there for you all to listen to episode by episode. It's recorded and posted. You just got to navigate a little bit because we kind of recorded these out of order so uh bear with us we're gonna actually crank out four or two and uh let us know what you think of season six we're gonna probably do maybe a one bonus episode for the season or maybe two um i wouldn't mind rewatching uh season six, season and do, six. And, no and do, i think we should and doing a more low-key um bonus episodes just kind of going through them you know well i already have <laughs> i already have notes <laughs> so so we're good. I definitely uh, think we should rewatch season six at, at some point and, and, you know, do something. It's yeah. coming to America now, man. I, yeah, I agree. All right. That's, that's a wrap on this one. Thank you all for listening again. Zach, you take it away with your outros. And, oh, please, before we forget, we have to keep hammering home. Please subscribe and rate the show. I noticed that ratings for podcasts are, are very low, even for, like, really – experienced and polished podcasts like they're very low if we could get some some of you out there who are lovely subscribers to just give us a review not a review not no words just stars just put stars there literally two clicks of a button and you can change someone's life i feel like those infomercial nows that come on like at 2 (laughs) a.m all right that's it zach go ahead yeah well the only other thing i would add to that is if you do leave some words you know because you can add comments on apple Podcasts, we'll we'll give you a little shout out on they haven't invented the words (laughs) they haven't invented the words (laughs) well you invent them all right well thank you for listening to season three episode five of the peaky blinders podcast by story archives you can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts apple google spotify podcast uh, you can find us on Instagram at Story Archives, and you can visit our website at storyarchives.themidnightexchange.com, which brings us into our podcast network, themidnightexchange.com. You can visit our website there for a bunch of other links out to other podcasts, social media, and so on. And if you want to drop us an email, you can send us an email at podcast at themidnightexchange.com. Hey, Zach, before we leave, uh, what are you watching these days? Like, any recommendations? Shining Girls. Shining Great. Girls on what? Uh, Apple TV Plus. Okay. It's really good. It's one of the first seasons give, give I've a, seen. Give us a log line. Just a one line describing what the what the show's about. 
uh, you are basically following uh, Elizabeth Moss, who is Peggy Olson and, and Mad Men. You're following her through her life after a very traumatic event uh, where she uh, almost died. And she's basically trying to find the, the person that did this to her. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that unravels. It, it's a very like sci-fi heavy uh, show. Hmm. It's, it's, it's a very interesting you know, timeline of, of things that is going on. But it is one of the few TV shows that I've seen as of ever, really, that has actually resolved the storyline within the same season. And I'm like, that was the icing on the cake for me. Okay. Nice. Nice. What about you? I've got a couple. I've got, or a few maybe. Okay. All right. First, um, I finished Yellowstone and 1883, the prequel. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yellowstone's about a, a seven-generation farm that's being protected from the modern reach into this, you know, very beautiful area of Montana. And Kevin yeah. Co Kevin Cosner's elite, amazing. I'm like a Yellowstone diehard now. <laughs> Second, I caught up on Stranger Things. My God, it was dark. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was okay. Fantastic though. Like absolutely. Mm -hmm. We both made the same exact observation. This is Stranger Things equivalent of equivalent to what Harry Potter did between Chamber of Secrets to Prisoner of Azkaban, yep. where it just got darker and then darker with Goblet of Fire. Mm -hmm. Stranger Things took that Azkaban. I think they went further. I think they got. <laughs> okay. I think. I think they, they got to. The, they got to the, the Order of Hollows. <laughs> yeah, they got to the Order of Phoenix, like in this one, or maybe even like the Half Blood Prince on, on this yeah. jump. But excellent, though, excellent. I can't wait for part two. And I just started Pachinko. Mm -hmm pachinko on apple tv it's an interesting story that goes across generations of this korean family yeah and it's really well done apple tv on that one. all right well you you gave three i only gave one so i'm gonna give one more shout please, out it's please one do. that i started please. and i really want to watch the next episode of it's called dr brain ah is, you mentioned this yeah, yes yes it's a yes. korean show ah um, we're both got a korean show going on yeah okay. but it's it's very it's very interesting uh th this this uh, this guy that has a uh i mean he's he's kind of like a psychopath or, or whatever you call that person where yeah. they have no emotion no feeling no, no nothing like they're just like sterile through life with everything yeah, i think it's a sociopath yeah yes th thank you um so i mean y you basically follow this guy uh and i'm only on the first episode but he is working on building a device to try and understand human emotion uh, thought and ah. yeah emotion and things like that and i mean that, that's part of it so he, he builds this device to try and transfer the idea is really it's more around memories that's what it is it's not thoughts it, or emotions it's memories so he's he builds this device where he tries to transfer memories from uh, one being to another and so i mean obviously in a lab you're experimenting on rats and things like that but it picks up really quick Hmm. Really quick. This this is this is like a let me an tell impatient you, person, but it's very interesting. Let me tell you. Ever since Parasite won the mm -hmm. Oscar, I you know I I had a feeling there was going to be an influx of like a foreign cinema and television. I'm so happy with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, first and foremost, Korea's on the come up. I mean, they've been for a while. Like if you've watched films that have come out of there, or, I didn't watch a lot of TV shows before. Mm -hmm. I think Squid Game might have been the first. I think a lot of people's first uh, Korean television show. I actually have not watched that yet. 
I oh you haven't seen Squid oh my gosh I, I, man. we watched the fir- you and I watched the first episode that was the I didn't watch any more than that oh it's so damn good and then they have All of Us Are Dead I think that's also a Korean show I think is it All of Us Are Dead it's this high school zombie show I think that's the name of it and then uh, I watched this like I love food shows so there's one called The Hungry and the Hairy uh-huh. it's like a travel food show in Korea I yeah. love that show I just like <laughs> I'm like I'm loving everything out of there a Pachinko is is interesting too because it's about a Korean family during the actually World War One ish era where Japan mm-hmm. uh, colonized Korea, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's an interesting story so far. I'm only on episode one, so uh, I don't know. But it, ever since I saw the trailer to it, kind of yeah. has like some Terrence Malicky vibes to it. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who directed Tree of uh, Tree of Life. Um, so, anyway, time since I've seen that movie. Dang. So yeah. Anyways, that's all. Thank you all for tuning in, and see you next time on the finale of season three, and then season four after. Enjoy season six, by the way. If you're caught up, go. Absolutely. Be free. Stay peaky. <laughs>